Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Dolphins stay undefeated at home after sweeping the New England Patriots. The Heat road struggles continue, but get a chance to salvage it in Minnesota. The Hurricanes get a big overtime victory to make it back-to-back at the crib. And the Panthers win two at home before heading out on the road. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! We are back, man. What a... Hey, dog. We made it. It's like it's we made it. It's like we're in studio, but we're not in studio. Does that make sense? If you know, yeah. you know, like 100 percent 100 percent What's going on? Welcome son? back, everybody. It's good to see you, my brother. Likewise, likewise. Now nah, we got to thank everybody for showing us love on Sports with Social YouTube channel. Man, make sure to continue to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe. We just dropped OnlyFans week eight on there, and that shit is blowing up. So you guys gotta tell a friend so they can jump on it, man. Uh, it's a lot of good comments out there, and the game itself was pretty good, right? We we got to talk about a 31-17 to 17 victory over the New England Patriots, and I feel like we really needed that victory before, you know, we look forward into the next week, right? We need as many victories as we can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? That's good. That's how it goes in the NFL, man. Um, but for, for, the, for the Dolphins, right, like, we had just come off that loss to Philadelphia, right? Even though we didn't play our best, we still had a shot to win the game, right? And, and be in it up until the very end. That and then the we kind fault. of, yeah, we <laughs> we kind of fo- wondered like what the focus was going to be like for this week and, and how, you know, the team was going to come out playing. And granted, they came out a little bit like a days ago, let's call it, right? Because offensively, it wasn't the best start to the game. But once the offense did get rolling, um, you know, we were kind of hard to stop. And I think for me, as far as the offense goes, there's so many things you can talk about. But the thing that stood out to me the most, um, and maybe it shouldn't, but it did in a positive way, it's Tua. And and not with the stats and how he threw the ball and whatever. It's how he kept his mental fortitude high and strong after throwing that interception and just, you know, shaking it off and having a great game after that. You know, it shows a lot of how he's matured mentally and how he can stay engaged in the game and not really affected. Yeah. I mean, composure, you know, you talk about poise, um, you know, not panicking Tua has all that. Um, yeah. And, and just being resilient, you know, being able to bounce back, you know, and not compound mistakes, which is as a Dolphins fan, you know, for the last 20 years, that's pretty much all we've seen is, you know, uh, one bad mistake leads to another one leads to right. the game, you know, and we're not seeing that with this Dolphins team. This Dolphins team has an actual identity, you know, uh, something that really no other Dolphins team has really had, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, we had the Tannehill years and, you know, we had the JGI time and the Ronnie Brown era and all that stuff. But like we never really have had an identity the way that this team does. And this team is, uh, you know, they're going to fight. You know, and, and it's all it all starts with number one, depending on how he's doing. If he has a good day, the team's going to have a good day. And even when he's not having a good day, I think he's just so such a positive dude. Right. That even on the sideline, he knows that all it takes is one catch, one play, one whatever to get these guys back onto the same level that they're accustomed to playing to. Right. Like, for instance, we saw Waddle. He dropped a pass and it was like a penalty. And then we had a third and long or a second long situation. And Waddle went all out to make that catch after being held at the line of scrimmage, right? Right around the six-yard line or whatever, after he ran his route. But he still comes up with the play. 
And him making that play allowed the, the team to continue to move forward and to it to be like, you know what? My guy's got my back. Let's let's keep this show on the road and, and keep it rolling. And and I love to see that. And I think the guy who's benefiting the most is obviously Tyreek Hill, right? His crazy season with with Tua healthy, you know, continues. And we saw the the level of production last year really be at the same level, albeit it was just for less games, right? Because Tua wasn't on uh, wasn't available. But now that both these guys are healthy and and they're both playing on Sundays, I don't know how you stop these guys. Dude has over a thousand yards already. Like running eight games into the season, like this, he's he's really really killing it. I think I saw a crazy stat that Tua's now the the all time leader in Dolphins history when it comes to yards in in the first eight games of the year. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, Marino's record. He's the fastest Dolphin uh, to uh, 2,500 yards, or I can't remember the exact number on it because Marino had it before him. But In total uh, yards, too. I think it was like 4,600 and something, something like that. Yeah, and then Tyreek beat his own record from last year. It took nine games to get to 1,000. He did it in eight this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if next year he goes on and does it in seven. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, bro. They're, they're, they're just – these boys are all in, man, and they're having fun, dog. You can tell, you yeah. know, they're, they're having fun with their um, – you know, with their celebrations and, you know, their off-field antics and gimmicks and stuff like that. McDaniels really has cultivated a really good culture inside that locker yeah. room. And, and that's what we were missing from this team, dog. You know, I got the I got the heat hat on. I know we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, but we always, we always talk about the culture. You know, the heat culture is one of the best cultures. Yeah. We've seen the, the, the Panthers kind of, you know, begin to develop that. And then, you know, we're hoping that the Marlins, I mean, we were hoping the Marlins were going to develop one until they let go of Kim Ang, but... Not back to the drawing board there. You know, the Dolphins have have developed that culture, man. And and it yeah. wasn't there. You know, it was it was almost there when we had um what's his face? Uh Brian uh shoot Flores. Brian uh B Flow, yeah. When we had B Flow, it was almost there, but like you could it, it was tense, you know what I mean? Like, something there was, was missing though. There was something missing, dog. It wasn't it wasn't gelling the way that it is right now, bro. Like everything just seems to be harmonizing right now at the perfect time for the Dolphins. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that has to do with what Mike McDaniels brings to the table. Right. And and his ability to create an environment where these guys can thrive and really be at their best. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of expectations for this team. Right. We're halfway through the season. We're exactly where we thought we should and could be. Right. Um, where we beat up on the bad teams and we go to war with the good teams, albeit we should be have won one of those games, either the Buffalo game or the or the Philadelphia game, more likely the Philadelphia game. But you mentioned something, you know, like the chemistry and the fun that these guys are are playing with. The D-line, you can see when one gets a sack, everybody gets hyped. A big hit like Sean Elliott laid out and everybody was hyped for it. Like the the, the units individually are really gelling. And, and that's important for, for a team to find success, not only in the regular season, which we know we can do, but ultimately what's our goal, which is the playoffs, right? The secondary. Playoff season. victory. Playoff yeah, victory. Yeah. You know, that's that's the ultimate goal. And and the way you do that is by winning regular season games against bad teams, good teams. However, every win counts. But it's, it's not all, you know, roses and, and champagne with the Dolphins right now. If, if you have to pinpoint something on, on, on this team, you have to say that there is a serious lack of skills, let's say, when it comes to tackling. You know, and I don't know if it's because we have a lot of big and fast, strong guys that they think that their power or athletic ability will allow them to make the one-arm tackle or a weak attempt at a tackle. But we're continuing to see week in, week out, 
bad tackling from this defense at times, and, and it really puts us in tough positions, bro. I mean, as a season as a whole, yeah, there's been question marks, but I think I think the tackling was just fine on Sunday, man. I think we did a pretty good job getting to our guys, bringing them down when we needed to. You know, the defense played pretty good. Um, you know, the, the, the one touchdown that we gave up early, um, I think it was off the two a turnover, that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of they, – they weren't, you know – they get they were just on defense and then the offense goes out and then all of a sudden you're back out there you're scurrying again and then yeah. you're on your heels you're you're backpedaling and then boom boom like they have one good play i mean it's the nfl you know what i mean like these are all professional uh players and athletes so anybody you know can score at any point in time but aside from that blemish i mean i thought we did a pretty good job you know containing and then e- even on that uh juju smith schuster you know it, i think it took a, a penalty for them to get a reset on the downs first and goal and it's like, all right, you know, we already stopped them two or three times. You know, they're they're bound to score here. And it was funny to see how they scored. They took a page out of McDaniel's playbook and brought Juju in the in the motion, in the motion. You know I mean? which is a, an easy little play. But it's like you got to admit, people are looking at the Dolphin schemes, you know. But for defense, sure, and we all know it's a copy copycat league. Yep. And but the defense, I will we'll get better, man. We'll get better in time. We're getting healthier. You know, Jalen Ramsey was out there. That was huge for us. Um, yes. The D line, you know, the D line needs to keep doing what they're doing, you know, feeding off of each other, stay healthy. Um, and then once once Xavier Howard comes back and Jalen Ramsey's on the other side, man, I mean, we should be looking like a whole different unit than the first few games of the season. For sure. That's when Optimus Prime should be formed, right? Like, and everything should be all, all <laughs> well and dandy right there, in, the, in especially in the defensive backfield, right? Because we know that that's a, a sore spot for us right now on defense. But I, I just, I, I think you're right, you know, the, the the tackling has been okay. Maybe I'm just pointing it out a little bit too much because I, I expect these guys to make the plays. But I, I think with the return of Howard, uh, we obviously saw Jalen Ramsey's impact, especially when it comes to tackling. He had a bunch of solo tackles and fumble. caused the fumble, right? Had the first fumble, even though it was an ultimate penalty and removed the chain. But, you know, it still shows his ability to, to make an impact on the game. And that guy... Man, I, I, I'm just so anxious to see what it's going to look like lined up against the Chiefs because the Chiefs don't necessarily have a a threat outside of Kelsey on the outside. So I'm, I'm interested to see if what Martin said on OnlyFans, go watch it so you can see what my dog said, uh, comes to fruition when we face the Chiefs. Um, but a big question uh, before we face the Chiefs is how healthy we're going to be on the offensive line. Um, we saw Kendall Lamb get hurt. Thankfully, he made it back to the game. But more importantly, Robert Hunt went down, and um, his status is still unclear for for Sunday. It's an early game. Um, you got to take the flight out there. I don't know how much time he's going to have to, like, rest and recuperate and get some type of work done. What do you think our chances are to have a 80%, 75% healthy O-line will be for Sunday? Shit, at this point, I think we're dealing with a 50% healthy O-line. I mean, you got to remember, we're talking about we got backups, you know, that are getting hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good thing, you know. Um, so I don't know, man. Um, you know, the 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 Chiefs pass rush, you know, if we're not careful, they can get to Tua. They can, you know, they can have mm-hmm. a big impact on them. Um, but um, as as far as what we've seen this year, I don't, I don't know who to give credit to, whether it's, you know, the offensive line coach or strength conditioning or, you know, the, the trainers and stuff like that, you know, getting these guys, you know, back on the field as quickly as possible after they go down. We, we're getting it done. You know what I mean? We're, we got a smorgasbord yeah. of talent out there. You know, we were missing our starting left tackle. We're missing our starting center. You know, our 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 our, le- our other left tackle w- was filling in as a center. You know what I mean? And we're not really having mishaps or any issues there. So guys are picking up the slack. 
And, and that's really more than we, they did last year. That's really all we need them to do. You know what I mean? Just kind of hold down the fort, hold down the fort until the, you know, your, your boys that got your back can get back to hundred. And then now we yeah. can take some of that pressure off, off of you and kind of ham and neg it. But it starts Sunday, you know, we're, we're banged up. It's going to be the most banged up our O-line has been. And we know the chiefs are going to be upset, you know, after their loss, but they got to travel just as far as we do. Um, so it's, this is a coin flip for us. Yeah, and thankfully we were home. You know what I mean? Like they they were on the road at Denver to 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 try to win that game. So we're leaving, you know, like they did today and head out there to Germany. But I I think that we didn't talk about Armstead's return, right? Like he's still a toss up, and and obviously having him back would obviously help the rest of the line because now we have our starters slotted in, which means that we can kind of throw in a better backup in another position if so and so can't go right. That health, man, on that on that offensive line has been really our greatest tool this year, right? Because we've seen it really allow the running game to emerge. Um, we've seen it create pockets and space for Tua to sit back there and throw. And even when the pocket is collapsing, they allow him to run through the little alleys, right? Albeit sometimes our bad decisions, but he's a, he can run through those alleys untouched where he's not worried about being grabbed by a 300-pound lineman as he's trying to take off, right, where he's looking more downfield than trying to make the play. Uh, I really think that this is a very winnable game for the Dolphins, right? Um, we're both 6-2. and two. If you look at the losses for the Chiefs, they've they've lost to a good Detroit team, and then they have this bad loss to Denver, a team that we put up 70 points on. And our two losses have been to two playoff Super Bowl contending type teams in Philadelphia and Buffalo. So if the Dolphins can go out there and continue to stay, let's say, at the very least status quo, I don't see a reason why we wouldn't be able to put up points on the Chiefs defense, who's not necessarily at their full 100% potential right now. And the fact that it's a a, a, a 50-50 field, you know, just gives us a big advantage because we know that the Dolphins fan base is going to be out there represented well in Germany. So I'm really expecting the, the Chiefs to get a win here, dog. I don't know about you. You want to run that back? Oh, the Dolphins against the Chiefs. My bad. My bad. You know what time it is, dog. You're scaring me there, dog. You said all of that just to go right. for the Chiefs at the end. Dog. Who are you, Taylor Swift? Jesus. Nah, hell, hey, Woody, what's up, dog? Nah, Come on, nah, dog. Well, I'm not you, got me, this shit out, you got dog. me. You got me feeling all types of ways right now because you just said that right now. All wax. <laughs> nah, I know what you mean, man. Uh, we definitely um have our best shot this this week man i think we you know we got knocked in the mouth by the bills you know we weren't ready for that game i I don't think frankly you know on the road you know in buffalo they had a day we didn't stick to our game plan and we saw it happen the eagles the the refs fucked us that's plain and simple the refs fucked the dolphins a couple calls go the dolphins ways that game ends up in a different result most likely you know um we'll see them though they'll get theirs and we'll see them though it's not a big deal um we're, we're gonna be you know in germany like I said, foreign soil for everybody. Um, so it, for me, it's a matter of the trend. And right now, the Dolphins are, are in a better trend than, than the Chiefs, in my opinion. The, the Chiefs are looking True. like they got that Super Bowl hangover. And uh, the the Dolphins are looking pretty sober right now, looking like they want to be, be hungover come 2024. Right, right. And I think that this game definitely catapults them, right, in their belief to to know that they can do it. <clears throat> you go out there yep. and you beat a Chiefs team, you go up there and, and you put up a, a good performance against a Mahomes. That's impressive, you know, and the NFL already being on notice is going to have to really solidify us. And, and, and look, right now, Dolphins are the only undefeated team in the AFC when it comes to home record. 4-0, I know. 
at, at home. So we're not a team to be messed with when it comes to home. So if we can get that home playoff game, whether it's out of the second seed or, you know, just in that first round matchup, it's going to be so critical to our success, man. I agree. So critical. Uh, let's talk about the Heat. They got their season started uh, last week. They got a dub against the Pistons at home, which we expected, but then came up short against the Boston Boston Celtics on the road, 119 to 111. Now, I'm hold curious on. Before, to see what your we, thoughts were. There you go. Before we there get into go. that, before we get into that game, we do have to mention that before that Boston game, yeah, we beat Detroit, but so they gave up a 19 point lead, dog. Yeah. As in customary heat opening game fashion, right? We want to give the fans a little bit of a show, a little razzle dazzle, if you will. But not not necessarily what I want to see going into a Boston Celtic, you know, no, team the next day no. that just added pieces and you know they're they're looking to make a run. They you know they they got some bad <laughs> we got some bad blood with those boys. You know what I mean? Not yeah, what but I wanted I, to see. But I will say this: I think Spo was really experimenting there with the starting lineup and who played how much. Because if you go back to that game, right? Kevin Love started, Jimmy Butler started, Bam started, Kyle Lowry started, and Tyler Hero started. Kyle Lowry put up thir- zero points, took one shot, had two assists, and played 32 minutes. Kevin Love played 28 minutes, only had 13 points. You know, the rest of the guys were in the regular 30s between Bam Hero and and uh, and Jimmy. But yeah, it just goes to show you how important having those three guys on the court at the same time available can be. Because when you go into that second tier, third tier lineup, it may not be as good. And, and Spo has to really figure out a way to to get that going. He tried the same lineup in, in Boston, right, with Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry starting. A little bit better from Kyle Lowry. He was 5-7 mm-hmm. that game for 13 points. But mm-hmm. it just it felt like, you know, Hero got off to a great start and then it it, it, it faltered from there. Jimmy got off to a bad start and it just stayed there. You know, that, that was 11 for the game. That really was bad. my biggest point of contention for that Boston game. You know, yeah. we, we know that this year, you know, we didn't get the, the big star. We didn't land anybody big. All right, we're running it back. So that means we need three guys, Jimmy, right. Bam, and Hero. We need them to step up. Bam, phenomenal game. Looked like the player of the, of the game for the Heat that night. Hero, great start to the game. Kind of stalled out. Um, a little bit, he got a little bit of a concern for me. You know the inefficiency, the amount of shots this kid is jacking up, and and you know which are leading to fast breaks or you know these rebounds that these guys are getting outlet passes to and stuff like that. I I want him to be a little bit more efficient, but still you can't take away from the fact that you know he, he's putting up points for us and, and driving the the tempo of the game. But for Jimmy sure. Butler, you know what I mean. In a game like that, you know it's like we need Jimmy. We need Jimmy to step up, take over in the fourth quarter like we've seen Jimmy do and. He was a little absent and it got me thinking, you know, and I wanted to ask you this, you know, do you think that Jimmy is going to, even when we're not sitting him, you know what I mean? Giving him his rest days and he's, he's playing, you think in some of these early ones, he's, he's just going to kind of like take a back seat and let the kids, so to speak, you know, do what they're going to do to see what he can expect from them later on in the season. As much as I don't want him to, I expect him to. And you can kind of see it because the proof is in the pudding, right? Look at the amount of shots that Tyler Hero's putting up. You mentioned his, his, you know, deficiency and efficiency. But I think for him, he's a guy who who needs to feel the game, right? And, like, when he's hot, you got to give it to him. And when he's cold, he's finding a way to get hot. Same thing with Bam. And, and, and look, f- as a guy who's seen five years already of Bam and Hero together, right? Damn, it's been I, five I years. Want, 
yeah, it doesn't seem like it, but this is Hero's fifth year in the league. Like, wow, this is this is what I want to see. I want to see these two guys taking the majority of the shots, being the main focus of the offense, being the main like they need to learn how to do this, right? Jimmy Butler's not going to be around forever at the high level that we can we know he can give us, right? So if, if the if the offset is yeah, you're going to lose a little bit in field goal percentage, but, you know, Bam and, and Jim and Hero are going to take more shots than Jimmy in certain days, then I'll take that. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I still need those moments every now and then where Jimmy comes in in the fourth and says, hey, there's four minutes left. Let me try to get to the basket. I'm not worried about taking shots, but I'm a pump fake. I'm going to drive. I'm going to do this. Let me try to get some free throws. And I don't think he did enough of that in the Boston game, especially towards the end. Right, well, he kind of gave too much leeway to to Bam and Hero to put up shots. I think that's kind of a result though, of this past season. You know what I mean? The fact that the fact that they were able to struggle all season, get into the playing tournament, win, mm-hmm. and then as an eight seed, knock out the one seed and work their way through the final to get to the finals. I think Jimmy's like, I just need a seat at the table. It doesn't matter if I'm the head of the table or I'm right next to it. I just need a seat at the table, and as long as I can get that done it's a reset in the playoffs. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't that's agree a smart with it. play because of the fact that we don't have enough depth. So you can't kill yourself, you know, for 82 games, you know, for some of these early ones. But at the same time, I don't want to be in that position that we were in last year where we were in that play in tournament dog. Do, do we have enough between bam hero and company to make the playoffs? I wholeheartedly think that believe that for sure. There's no doubt about that. But if we're talking about what is the best, case scenario best path for this heat team as constructed currently in order to make a deep playoff run it starts with having home field court home court advantage at least in the first two rounds at least in the first round because we know the impact that it can have i.e us having to go to to bot to milwaukee uh excuse me not milwaukee but yeah having to go to milwaukee to close out the series instead of playing at home Having to go to Boston and play a game seven in Boston instead of playing a game seven at home. So I'm not saying that those teams aren't going to be able to push us to the limits. They very may well do that this season. But I want the advantage. And I think that the home court advantage is super important for the Z team because we don't have a superstar outside of Jimmy. We don't have another guy besides, you know, Hero and Bam who can say, get out of the way. Here comes 30 points a night no matter what. We don't have that guy. Unless we do get that guy, then I got to believe that the best path for this Heat team and he and, and, you know, history has shown this is with the Heat having having home court advantage. Dog. Yeah. Uh, well, so so we, we beat the Pistons. You know, we end up losing to the Celtics on Friday night. And then, and then right. Right. To your point, Jimmy sits out the next game against Minnesota and the Heat lose 106 to 90. And in that game, that was Cool in one sense because we saw Zovich get his first start, right? And and kind of have a rough game. Um, Nicholas Jovic, Jovic, Jokic. I'll, come on, dog. You know how hard that is. You got it the last time. It's, yeah, Jokic. Or no, is it, you this. Yeah, you see? Now we're both questioning each other. Damn it. Which one's the fucking Nuggets guy? Nicholas Jokic. It out. Jokic the, is the one in the Nuggets. Jovic is Jovic, the which is the first one I said. Jovic. Jovich. No, but you uh, said something like Zozovich. <laughs> like no, man, that. I didn't say nothing like that, dog. Get out of here. We're going to run it back, uh, bro. It's not here. We're going to run it back. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that was a game that Hero, again, had a really inefficient game. He was 8 of 23, right? Bam played a lot better. He was 7 of 14, 50% from the field. Um, 
didn't shoot as well from the free throw line, five of ten, but still had you know enough to give us some type of output. But I just felt like we got out muscled. Go burr yeah, and, but and one more and time. Run that, Thomas. Run, run that hero step back. Run that hero step back. Eight of twenty three from the field, four of ten from the free throw line, two of two from free throw uh from three point line. He was four of ten, two of two from the free throw line, five rebounds, four assists, no turnovers. That's important to say. That, that's big because Hero usually has a turnover problem. Four for 10 from the three-point line. All right, 40%. You can live with that. But, dog, eight? for So, he so basically, he went, he said he had eight, eight for 23? Four of 19 from the rest. That was four from 19 from the field? Yeah. That's a problem, doggy. That's a bad night. That's a problem. You know, we that's need you going. If you're, if you're only going to put a four... I mean, we can't have you shooting more and missing more. You know, I get it that, you know, when he's hot, he's going to go ahead and he's going to keep doing it, the momentum and all that. But, bro, it's games like that where it's like if it's not dropping, maybe Hero needs to learn how to get the ball out of his hands and into other people's hands and try to learn how to set them up the way Dwayne Wade used to do when he wasn't getting his shots to drop. Four assists, though. He did have four assists. And this is my Yeah, four assists. You're bragging about four assists, dog? I'm not bragging about four assists. Could he have more? Yeah, but we don't know if these guys missed shots or didn't miss shots, whatever the case may be. Here's my point. Like I said earlier, if we're going to go down to Minnesota, let's go down with Bam and and Hero taking shots. Because I would have been pissed if we see a three, which we got a three of 12 from Duncan, who played damn near 30 minutes, and he was two of 10 from three. Yikes. I don't want to see him shooting up the threes anymore. I'd rather see Hero putting up shots. And and, and goes to show you that Hero was shooting within the 18-foot range, within the 20-foot range, because there was only half of those shots were threes. The rest of them were either floaters or something like that that he was trying to make, and they just weren't falling for him. But it just shows his aggression, you know, and this is a guy who has to find his rhythm. Let's not forget that just last season, Tyler Hero was our best player and our best offensive player. Even in efficiency, he was our best offensive player in a small list that included the all-star Bam Adebayo. So I'm not saying that we won't see games like this from Hero. We will. But I don't think that this should diminish his value because, like I said, a lot of those shots are mostly in the fourth quarter. We're down. He's trying to bring us back. Here's going to come a a couple of shots, a couple of heat checks, right? There are going to be games where Jimmy plays, that Bam is on, or Duncan is on, or one of the, you know, uh, unlikely heroes step up, and, you know, something happens there and something changes. And one of those guys step up, hero loses five to seven shots. Something else to point out. Caleb Martin hasn't played in any of these games yet. Yeah, what's going on with him? He's injured right now? He's, he's injured. I don't know if they have him slated to play tonight against um, Milwaukee in the revenge game against Damian Lillard, but I know that uh, Bam Adebayo is out for tonight. So you guys have seen this tomorrow. You guys know that Bam is missing his game. I just think that... The, is it an important game? No, because it's so early in the season. We just need to win games to feel better about ourselves, right? But, like, at the end of the day, we know that this Heat team is not complete yet because we're still missing Josh Richardson, who I think he's is available play. tonight. Nice. I just, I, just, I just saw it on Twitter right now. Caleb Martin big, is, in fact, out, but Josh Richardson is available. Okay, I'll take that. You know what I mean? And he, I feel like he can play an integral part in that guard rotation, right? Especially if Lowry's going to be playing as bad as he is. Maybe Josh Richardson is that veteran guard that we lean on this season, a la Dragic, a la, you know, all those other guys that we've had before here in that role. We just got to go out there and get a win. Go out there, beat Milwaukee, 
They're not as great as, as we think they are, and we can win this game. Is it going to be easy? No. But if we play the, 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 the defensive style that he are known for, I don't see why we can't win this game. You know, it's not likely. Okay, cool, because we're on the road. Use that as some type of motivation to put up a good performance, especially for the unlikely heroes. We need those guys to start stepping up. Um, I'm going to be honest here, bro, and I'm not, feeling, I'm not feeling too good about this game right now without Bam. I think Bam I right you. now, you know, through the, the short season we've had so far, what, three games total? Bam yeah. is undoubtedly the best player right now, playing at the best level right now. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's just he, – he's, he's the guy. And without him tonight against Milwaukee and against Giannis and against Bobby Portis and against all that size, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I Spo is going to have to work some magic here, you know, and, and really get the young guys involved. I mean, I think this is one of those games where it's like you got to get the young guys involved. You know, you got to get those guys now. Yeah. You know, what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. Now is the time to do it. Get those young guys involved. Let's see what they got. Let's see what we can get out of Jokic. Let's see what we can get out of Hakez. Let's see what we can get out of the young guys. And look, I'm glad you mentioned Hakez. You know, he's had some really good moments, really contributing in the, in the small amount of minutes that he's been playing. Uh, Jovic, like I said, that guy, him starting shows his range of athletic ability and skills on the court. A guy that I think we're going to see a lot of as the, as more games come along. I'm excited to see what those two guys are going to continue to tribute. I think you're right. We need to let Spo really count on these guys and say, all right, 20 games, 25 games in, what am I looking at here? What's the foundation that I'm working with? How is this guy going to help us, you know, later on in February, March, April? Let's 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 figure out how that's going to work, right? I don't know. I, I, I like our chances in this Milwaukee game. Hopefully I'm right and we'll figure it out and we'll have pizza mañana by the time you guys are hearing this, you know? We got a, a, Hopefully. a, 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 Hey, I don't see why not though, dog. Like this team is good. This team doesn't suck, dog. Like this is a team that, yes, it has unproven talent. Yes. It's not one of the flashy teams in the NBA right now, but it's a team that really knows itself, has a real identity, really works at it. And everybody who's a part of the roster knows what it is. So let's see, let's get this game in Milwaukee. We got two games coming back home on Wednesday against Brooklyn and then Friday uh, versus Washington before we play the Lakers on Monday. Maybe we skip recording to give a, a little post game of that. How about that? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, two things on the heat though, before we jump off. Um, the first thing is, did you see the court, the new court design that came yes. out for the in, in season tournament? What'd you think of it? I thought it was pretty cool dog. Uh, I don't care for it, dog. I mean, I think this is like the <laughs> you don't NBA's. care for the court design, or you don't care for the tournament. There's two both, different both, things. Both. I wow. think the court. I think the court designs were pretty whack, honestly, bro. I thought that they were very generic, very cookie cutter. I thought it was like there was not like they're all very much similar, just the different color schemes and shit like that. I was like, whatever. I'm not just kind of like the NBA like city jerseys. You know what I mean? Like somebody I, I saw it the other day. Somebody posted it like these jerseys are kind of ruining you know the nostalgia of jerseys. Like every year they're pumping out a new jersey. And for some reason, I just like the classics. I like the throwbacks. I don't care for these iterations with the neon and the crazy patterns and all. Like, no, just give me the tried sure. and true white and black or black and red. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all I just need. Keep it simple, baby. Keep yeah. it simple. Bring back um, the all white jerseys with the black yeah, letters. The last thing on the heat, um, somebody had told me this. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but for the first start of the season, these next couple months, we have more road games than we do home games. That is and correct. Dog. We only have what's that? One, two. I think it was like three, eight home and like fourteen away or something four, like that. Like uh, four games in the month of November. I'm sorry, six games in the month of November, and the rest of them are on the road. I think it's our biggest road stretch of the season. 
play the youth. You want to say Jimmy, you're going to let Jimmy rest. You're going to let Bam rest. You're going to let Hero rest. Play the youth. Let's see what, and I'm not just me, and I don't just mean Jovich and and uh, Hawkins Jr. I'm also talking about Will Kane. I'm talking about like all those guys. I'm Drew, Drew, uh, Will, whatever the guy's name is. Um, uh, I want to see those guys playing. I want to see what those guys have. Let's see what they have nice and early because I'd rather know now before we get into the trade deadline and be sure of like, all right, we can afford to get rid of these guys. We can tr- afford to risk a pick and, and make this combination for a trade or whatever and, and do that going into being on the strong side of the table for trades as opposed to the weaker side that we've been for the past couple of seasons. Yeah, not going to be an easy start to the season, bro. It's going to be nope. an uphill battle all year. Yeah, yeah, but we're going to be here, man, because we love the Heat and we love Pizza Manana. So there you oh, go, yeah. fans. Get ready for that ride, baby. Now, time for the Miami Hurricanes football team to keep representing as they get another overtime win. And uh, the door to the ACC title game is creeping, 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 open. Slowly but surely, it's creeping open. And it's an impressive I don't know who who that says more about. I don't know if that says more about the Canes or about the the ACC. No, no, no. Undoubtedly about (laughs) us, dog. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly about us, man. The ACC's Um, in shambles, my boy. (laughs) <laughs> yes and no i think it's just becoming tougher and teams and other conferences are starting to realize you can't just walk through this conference every season you know what i mean and i got a little bit of stuff for that later on before we fin- wrap up on the canes but they got a big victory against virginia at home 29 to 26 and the way that they got the win right they it was in spite of tyler van dyke's mistakes and him putting us on the back heel uh, uh pretty much for the rest of the game how the defense came up with plays in, in, in key moments, how the offense was able to connect. Andy Borregales hitting big clutch free throw uh, field goals. Like it was just a, a really team composure effort in order to come out with the with the overtime win. And look, man, for a college team to be in back-to-back overtime games is really hard, right? Because they they don't naturally develop that type of mental fortitude in order to, to have that, in order to win the game that's close like that. Um, especially in the college style. But the Hurricanes are showing that they do have that mental resiliency and they can win close games and and battle it out. And this is a young team that's really getting, I don't want to say behind Cristobal, but they're really just starting to believe in themselves. They're really starting to believe in their talents, their chemistry, how how they're starting to bond. And I think it's starting to come together for this Hurricanes team, albeit throughout a rough season, right? We had... We're, we're, they're six and two, and you just can't help but think about that kneel down game, right? Where we would have been seven and one, and how much, how much impressive we would be at eight and zero had we beaten a North Carolina team who's taken a loss yet again. You know what I mean? Like this is or or jumped off that loss, but that stuff, you know, you can't really dwell on it. You got to look at, fo- at forward and see, like, all right, this defense is starting to get better. They're they're doing better at tackling. You know, they had six sacks. In that Virginia game, something which is super impressive. Not ne- not what we've been accustomed to seeing from a Miami Hurricanes defense. Because I can't, you name me the last uh, guy besides Jalen Phillips who who you saw right on, on on the defensive line for the Hurricanes really having an impact, dog. Uh, that's exactly who I was going to go to. But <laughs> Ruben Ruben Bain Jr. is a monster, bro. That kid, He's true freshman, is rude. one of the best D linemen in the entire country, and he has a yeah. big part to do with that. You know, if he's not the one racking up the sack. He's the one taking on the double team that's opening up the outlet for somebody else to get to the quarterback. Um, the only thing that I, I take a little bit of exception to what you said is, you know, you, you called this a big win. 
you know, and, and I don't know if you meant that in like the performance or just the implications that it had. I'm assuming it's I, the latter. I think it's both, Joel, because like you I, right right I now, you if, if you think if but wait, I'm just saying, like I, I if you're being a realistic Hurricanes fan, you know that this is not a A school type program, right? We are seriously in like the C grade right now. And being in the as a as like as opposed to a North Carolina who's probably in that B bracket, a, a, a team like Clemson who, regardless of how they're playing this season, they're still pulling recruits recruiting off that double Sweeney and championship, and they have ACT championships, they have national titles, right? So like again, we're nowhere near that class. We're in that really mid tier, and and since so many things are changing in these last what. 16 months of Hurricanes football with Cristobal coming in, money being thrown around, NIL, players coming in, players going out. Like, there's been a lot of movement around this. And this is not like an NFL program where you can kind of say, all right, well, if anything happens, we'll just flush the toilet and start from scratch. With college football programs, it's harder to do that. And, and I think that these wins, while they may not be huge on the season right now because of the opponent, these are the games that you look back on, right? When you're looking four years down, three years ahead, and look back and be like, yo, remember how they had to struggle to beat Virginia and, and come back and we'll get that overtime win? But then we saw that Emory Williams was emerging as a quarterback, or we saw Ajax, uh, Ajax Allen coming into his own as a running back, Kobe Young making big plays. Those are the games that we're going to look back and be like, yo, remember when they were kids playing in those games? And that's what we're seeing right now. So, yeah, that's why I say it's a big win because – for the for where the program is right now, just winning games in the ACC, especially after being down in the season and not letting it keep you down, which we've seen happen before, it's a big win, man. Fair, fair enough. I, I, I'm, one thing I want to ask you is, you know, the defense seems to be doing all right. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's times where maybe they're letting up, and and maybe it's potentially on the offense not staying out there long enough and not giving the defense enough rest. But, mm -hmm. you know, are you more concerned with the Hurricanes offense or defense at this point in the season? Man, I'm really more concerned about their offense. I really am. And it's not because they don't have playmakers. I, I think that question has been answered. I think it's because of Tyler Van Dyke's inconsistency at quarterback this year. And his inconsistency as quarterback has allowed the Hurricanes to play inconsistent in games. And that puts the, the defense on pressure, puts the offense on pressure, running backs on pressure, the coaches pressure. Like, it adds a lot because that's the main position that we thought we had locked down. And right now it's just inconsistent from a guy who we know has the ability, right, to be so much more better. And he hasn't just, for whatever reason, shown it. It's Where funny. is that guy from two years ago, bro? bro what happened? I don't know. I think I, I told the co-worker today, right? He was a big old school type UM supporter. So this dude has been around since like the Kozar days, right? OG when it comes to Hurricanes fans. And he told me himself, he's like, I think he has a mental block. And I agree because it's not that the, the routes aren't open. It's not that he doesn't have time to throw at times or he can't do this. No, that's that's not the case at all. If anything, you just see him make bad error, bad decision making, throwing into double coverage, throwing completely to the other team, like floating balls where he should be like putting line drives. Those are things that he's making those pre decisions in his head and just following through without really even thinking about it. There were two moments in that game against Virginia 
Joel, that I'm, I'm looking at him or looking at his body language, right, after he makes an incomplete or he threw that interception. And you can tell that he looks at himself like, what the fuck? Hell did I just do? Did I just do that? Like, and, and it's almost like he's outside his body looking at himself doing that and being like, yo, what the hell's going on here, dude? So that's he, why he seems tense. He, he's, he seems tense. He seems like he's uh, anxious. You know what I mean? That's the best yeah. way I can describe it. That first year when he took over for De'Ara King, he had nothing to lose. You know what I mean? He had everything, you know, obviously he had everything to prove because he was a nobody, but he was like, I don't got nothing to lose. I don't have the starting job. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, go out there and have fun and sling it. And we saw what he was able to do, you know, back then when he had Harley at receiver and all that stuff. You know what I mean? He had a good mm-hmm. core guys that he, 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 he vibed well with. And then talent's still there. We still got talent, you know, but it, it almost seems like maybe, you know, the, the talks of that first year, the expectations following that, you know, okay, Chris Ball coming in now. You know, he should be in a, in a perfect situation to go out and win the Heisman and set himself up as a top draft pick. Who knows if maybe that's getting in the kid's head, you know, and he's going out yeah. there every week trying to prove, like, I'm worthy of a QB, you know, of a spot in the NFL. And he's falling short of it because he's just not playing relaxed and having fun out there. I mean, maybe going to see a sports psychologist wouldn't be the worst thing for Tyler Van Dyke right now. But I, if he keeps this up, bro, I would rather see the, 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 the freshman. I'd rather see Williams go in. I liked what I saw last week when he played and won. What I would really like to see is both of those guys be ready to play. I need both of those guys to be ready to play against NC State coming up because NC State is no joke. They're five and three, who, who just beat Clemson twenty-four to seventeen at home. So they're they're feeling very confident heading down to Miami, right? Um, as much as I love Andy, right, and we love that guy on the show, we know he's a stud. At some point, we can't rely on him to to keep bailing us out, and that's what he did against Virginia, right? Like, I even sent him a DM. I was like, yo, thank you for saving us in this game, right? Had a 50-yarder, hit a 48-yarder in the fourth quarter to tie the that, game. That, kid is, uh, that kid's going to have a nice, long career in the NFL. You, you talk about being resilient. This is a kid who shows that, right? The moment's never too big for him. Um, I, I think that this team needs to be focused and TVD and Emory Williams both need to be ready to play against NC State because we're not going to be, we can't afford any more losses in the season. That's number one, right? Number two, on top of that, this is the, uh, the probably the only game that we're going to be home right now that we have a chance to play a tough, tough team at home with all of the conditions favoring us, right? So we have to take advantage of it. We have to get Emory Williams ready and even throw him out there in the game just to confuse NC State and say, hey, if TVD starts playing bad or if Emory Williams messes up, either one of these guys are prepared to throw 20 to 25 times in the game and beat you and try to drive downfield. So I think that that would be our best course of action for this next game um, because they're next, you know, and, and look, I said it earlier, NC State is not a joke. They're three lo- they have three losses on the season, but guess who they lost to? Number rank, number 10 ranked Notre Dame, uh, Louisville, who's 4-1 and one in the ACC right now, and Duke, who's currently ranked 17th in the nation so if the if the canes are really about that life that acc life you know and and, and serious about having this this season and and this season meaning something and being a jumping point or a platform for this team moving forward and and the coaching staff uh they got to win this game you know and i think having both qbs ready to play on, on saturday is going to be huge for that so let's see i think this game coming up for them is a big game but I think that the hurricane season rides on November 11th, and I'm going to leave it at that. 
I can't ride on that, dog. No way, bro. It rides on that game. November no way, 11th. Man. No, It rides bro, on that game. Forget no, about it. No, you're just hyping if they it lose, up. Like, if they lose this week against NC State, then forget about it. That game don't even matter. But I'm no. counting on Hurricanes winning this week. And then that means that November 11th, that's where the season comes down to for the Hurricanes. But you see, that's my issue with the Hurricanes right now, dog. We can't count. I'm not saying that we can't count on these guys. I'm saying we shouldn't be counting any victories for this team. It's still a team in transition. So they're still learning. They're still learning how to play together. They're still learning how to win big games. That's why I think this NC State performance is going to be critical. Going into the season, Joel, we did not give ourselves a chance to place to, to beat FSU on the road when FSU has such a good team. Ranked number four right now in the country, they're going to be a team that is playing in the playoffs for a right to get to the NCAA championship this year. Sure, sure. Let's not, let's not put the bar <clears throat> to be that FSU game. That's way too high. Continue That's to my win. bar. That's a whack-ass bar. They need to continue to win games. Be NC State. November 11th. Yeah, November 11th. This guy. All right, let's finish up with the Panthers before we wrap up the show, man. Um, the Panthers, they finished their homestand on a strong note before they hit the road themselves. They go 3-1 in their four-game homestand uh, with back-to-back -back wins against San Jose and Seattle. They beat San Jose 3-1 coming back in that game. And Seattle well, coming back in that game 3-2. Huge. And out of the two comeback wins, even though the comeback win against San Jose was nice, right? Because after we went down early in that in the second period, they bounced back, tied it up, and they never looked back, right? Uh, I, I think the more impressive of the two, and more, and it sucks because I still think that the more impressive of the two was the Seattle win, even though we had Anthony Stolzar uh, starting at goalie. Um, he was like, he's like an NHL journeyman, hasn't played a lot in games, usually a backup for goalies but he got the start had an amazing game gave up that one goal i think he had ended up with 29 saves so a really good day for him making his panthers debut and uh I, I, the reason why i say the seattle game was the better of the two games because they were down two goals in the second period when it began or by the time the second period was going <clears throat> and then it took matthew kachuk to get his first goal of the season to really give the panthers their mojo and then once they did that it was on and popping, you know. We tied the game after that and, and went ahead in the third period to to walk the game out. And, uh, you know, Big, Big Bob had a real big hand to play in that game. You know, he, had, he ended up with 30 saves and a lot of that third period, uh, which was huge. Yeah, no doubt, huge, man. Um, cardiac cats are back, man. You got to love it. You know, this is Say what this team again, has been buddy. known for, you know, never counting them out. Even if they're down, they're going to battle. They're going to rally. They're going to make it interesting. And to see it happening this early on in the season – it's a good feeling. Obviously, as a Panthers fan watching this team for the last three years, you know, it's yep. good to see that they're kind of in, I wouldn't say mid-season form. They're still early working, ironing out the kinks. Obviously, you know, you, you just mentioned a guy that I, I've never heard of, that goalie. Um, Me so. neither. I had to look him up <laughs> twice to be like, yo, where the hell did this guy come from? Yeah, there you go. So, I, you know, obviously we're not in mid-season form, but the fact that we're able to come back on teams like Seattle, who's a pretty good team, you know, they're one of the expansion teams that, was uh you know pretty they made the playoffs or made a good run last year at the playoffs yep. for sure and the year before that as well you know so that that's a big victory for us but it, it's good to see Kachuk getting on the board man I'm, I'm frankly I'm a little surprised it took him this long to get his first goal of the season I'm not because I think that you were you kind of want to ease those guys into it right he has such an amazing season for us as far as points and assists and goals it was like you know you can't expect him to start hot off again you know and we saw Sam Reinhardt really pick up the, the slack, even though he got hurt in, I, I believe, that Seattle game. Like, he should be back for his Boston game that's, that's happening tonight. But 
I just think that offensively they weren't worried about it. You know, I think that they they the Panthers coach Paul Maurice and company they they know that they can score goals. I think their main point of focus this year is going to be defending better, right? And, and having really good games at goal and more importantly from the defensive lineman. That's why I was kind of surprised and I had to do my homework on that Anthony guy because I wanted to see how he was going to play a part into this team. And we had mentioned it on, on the last week's episode where we really believe that there's going to be opportunities to be had in that goalie position, right? Big Bob's not going to play every single game. But if Anthony uh, Stolzar can come in and, and give us performances like he did against uh, San Jose, I'm not opposed to bringing that kid in once every two, twice every every two weeks, three times every two weeks, just to get him a rhythm, right, and give Bob, Big Bob some days off and keep yeah. him fresh for the bigger games like tonight against Boston. Um, and we got good news also from the coach. Uh, coach Paul Maurice on Sunday had Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Mortor, the two important defensemen for the Cardiac Cats. Our back two at best practice. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, I, I doubt that they play tonight against Boston because it's such a quick turnaround. But just having those guys back at practice, I'm sure, is a huge morale booster. And more importantly, it just lets the goalies know, like, hey, we got some real good reinforcements coming back, man. And we, and we should be much better defensively. Hell yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens, man. Uh, I'm hoping that they get this victory tonight in Boston. Uh, not going to be easy. Boston's undefeated this year. Seven wins, no losses, whoa, whoa, one tie. Whoa, 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 hey, whoa. hey, hey! You were so, you you were talking about chances against Milwaukee. Why can't we give them a chance against Boston? Because Boston also had the best record last year, I believe, right? And the Panthers also took care of business. So bye, bye. Peace. Oh, we got their number, Boston, dog. We pulled their Boston. car last year, and we still know the number, dog. You know what I'm saying? You're so Boston got to see sweating us. It. We ain't sweating it. We ain't sweating it. So I'm, 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 I'm waiting to get off this so we can go check it out and, and smoke, smoke on that, that Boston, Boston pack. pack. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then they got a, a tough road game in Detroit. They're five and three and one right now on Thursday, and then they finish up in Chicago. They're on the five hundred three and five, but. Uh, both of those teams made the playoffs last year. Detroit was really good. They're a great team. Chicago has a lot of firepower on Saturday, so uh, that could be a high-scoring game. I, I wouldn't ex- uh, be surprised to see that game be 5-4 to four or something like that. But mm-hmm. the Panthers, I think as long as they focus on their defense, get these guys back healthy, work them in slowly into the rotation, made them put, maybe put them on the second or third lines at first, right? Let them get some skate time, put them before you give them those 20, 30 minutes at 40 minutes a game, so... Let's see, man. I'm, I'm, I got a lot of high expectations for this Panther season, and I think that they're doing the right things by focusing on the defensive efforts, man. Uh, vamos Gatos, man. We got to get out gatos. there soon. Cardiac Cats, we got to plan out. Cardiac Cats, we got to plan that out, man. Uh, one honorable mention before we wrap up the show, and that's to Francis Ngannou. He fought Tyson Fury this weekend uh, in a heavyweight battle. Uh, Baddest of the whatever. I don't know what the hell that thing was. A lot called. of controversy. It was a money grab. One. But the controversy was very well, I think, earned, in my opinion, because Francis they got to run it back. Only, huh? They, they got to run, run it back. But, but, but for some belts. And, and Gano has to get some professional fights because, A, his power was evident. He freaking rocked Fury, knocked him down, right? And he hit him hard multiple times where Fury got, like, shook up and was like, I got to get this guy because he hit me hard. And I think that he won the fight. In my opinion, he won the fight. He won most of the card. You know, he had that knockdown, which was super impressive. Uh, Tyson Fury really didn't hurt Ngannou at any point. Didn't have him stumbling or dazed or anything like that. So I think that Ngannou got robbed, man. 
I think Ngannou wild, got robbed. The wild thing is, bro, he looked better to me than LeBron's bomber did against Fury. <laughs> I mean, but Tambien Ngannou's Brother, a big dude. A big dude. So so is the bronze bomber. Well, uh, what's his name? Tall. To this day, uh, he's tall. What's his he's, name? He's uh, Deontay like Wilder. A, yes, Deontay, Deontay Wilder. Wilder is tall, but Ngannou probably has that guy, but at least thirty to forty pounds, my. G. I don't. I don't. It doesn't matter. That's not what I'm talking about, bro. At the end of that fight, Ngannou looked like he was able to go another four or five rounds, Papa. And at the end of the first fight, remember the end of the first fight that Deontay Wilder was gas. He couldn't even throw any more punches, and he blamed it on his outfit, on his like costume. That was the, that was the sec. That was the second fight. Oh, that was in the second one. Oh, because yeah, the, the second, second one was the where, first where fight Fury he knocked him out. And, 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 and he did and the Undertaker on one. The second the Undertaker. one. You know what I mean? So it just, he looked good, bro. Like, considering this guy's not a boxer, Impressive. considering this guy became a fighter in his adult life, like, wasn't fighting his whole True. life kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like, and that guy's a specimen, bro. And the performance impressive. he put on was a very impressive performance. Um, I, I, I really, I didn't think it was going to be a u- unanimous decision. I, or no, it was. It ended up being by one point, right? That's the, what they gave Fury the edge on. Was like it ended up being like a one point victory. One point, and it was a split decision. Little sus. So that's why. And everybody said, of course, Little even LeBron sus. James had to tweet it. Like, this is why boxing sucks. This is why boxing sucks because you try to protect the name of Tyson Fury instead of giving the fight to the guy who actually won the fight and did the most damage, which was Francis Ngannou. Um, nice. Like I said, I think I think Ngannou has a real career in professional boxing, a real career in professional boxing. He would do a lot better than a lot of the heavyweights that are currently boxing in boxing right now in the heavyweight division. And for me, I think that Alexander Usyk, I think his name, his last name, he was in attendance. He saw Tyree, Tyson get touched. He saw that game plan work by Francis. He's like, maybe I can get this guy too. So let's see. Let's see how that fight works out between Tyson Fury and Alexander Olsen for the undisputed heavyweight title coming on, I think, early next year. So let's see. Or later this year, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, you know your boy Soso is going to bring it to you on Fight Rewind. And that means we bring in the best in the business, which means Victor Bermudez is going to be on here to talk about it. You're not going to want to miss this one. Trust me. Uh, but, Joel, I think it's time to tell a friend, my dog. Yes, sir. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another, another friend. friend. To tell another friend to tell their mom and to text their abuela to tell the vecina to <laughs> tell the guy downstairs who's a sports fan about Sports with Soso because we are bringing you guys some fire content. Only fans popping off. We got another 365 championship game in a couple of weeks. You guys are not going to want to miss that. And uh, another fight we want coming soon. Trust me. Sports with Soso is where it's at. Until next time, y'all. Peace.